to the 9-1-B praise. I'm going to have to do this a lot today. <laughs> <laughs> I welcome back to part two of our commentary for the horns of Naimon. You just shook it up. You didn't say I'm Jack. Oh, yes. <laughs> I didn't know where I was then for a second. Uh, hello and welcome to the Naimon Be Praised. I'm Jack. And I am also Jack. Hello. <laughs> I'm Joe. I'm Jack. I don't want to be, honestly. Jesus. Um, <laughs> um, Jack, before we go into um, episode two, I will have a very quick question for you. Is it Saldine related? It's season 17 related. Okay, is it about ceilings? It's not about ceilings, no. I okay. And yet, I don't think we're going to see it. I don't think Kenny McBain is going to shoot up once in this story. Oh, that's a shame. I'm, sorry. I'm sure he shot up quite a lot making this. Jesus. <laughs> but um, uh, shoot with your question. Okay, well, it's a really simple question. Jack, mm-hmm. why season 17? Uh, as in existentially, or why do I love it? Yeah. Um, uh, you know... Because it's fun. It's just really, really fun. I think you can enjoy it on multiple levels. If you are a fan of, you know, science fiction, old science fiction that is entertaining, doesn't take itself too seriously, and has aged badly, but in, a, in amusing ways, uh, then you'll have a great time with season 17. If you like humor that is both uh, over generous and also incredibly witty and funny, uh, then there is a lot to offer. That This series, this season has a lot to offer because it is penned by Douglas Adams. So it does have that, um, uh, you know, uh, that sprinkle of genius about it. Admittedly, it is him in a role he is perhaps not, he was never destined to play, which is a script editor, um, I which I don't think. say that. I think they, these are some, there's some, fascinating structure to some of these stories Mm. and i think there's some really original ideas and every story has a really good twist to it as well so i i I think he is a better script editor than some people give him credit yeah okay some of it is is very pantomimic um Mm. but he always said he wasn't writing it that way but I, i don't know i i think i think there's a lot of uniqueness to the nuts and bolts of the story in this season. That is mm-hmm. definitely down to Douglas Adams. I, and you know, I think weirdly, one of the things I also love about this story is one of the things people complain about it a lot about, uh, yeah, complain about it a bit, is that, you know, the Doctor and Romana and Kane and I, you have three super geniuses who are way too powerful and they're, um, uh, they're too clever, they're too smarmy, and they basically are never in jeopardy. Um, which, oh, on the one hand... Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, oh, they're in jeopardy. Did you see that last cliffhanger? Hey, uh, he's got an enormous Rice Krispie coming towards him. <laughs> I and But at the same time, I think there is nothing more delightful than two witty, funny, clever people just having a ball on TV for 25 minutes. You know what? There um, is? There's a confidence to this team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a period where the show is not very confident because it can't fucking realise anything in these madly ambitious scripts, there's a confidence to the Dr. Romana and K-9 
they, they dance through these stories. You know, ah. funny, clever, charismatic. Can you think of anyone else you'd rather go on an adventure with? Oh, of course. Well, yes, but no, but these these three are the top of my list, definitely. Because and it, like it's again, it's because and you, you know, I think you've made this point before that you know J and T famously was kind of like you know why are we having three space people, three space geniuses in the in the console room? That's not that's not yeah, drama. That's far, I think, is what he said, or something along those lines. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which you know is not an entirely unreasonable argument until you know in season eighteen you do end up with the doctor and two space geniuses and an air stewardess oh, in the console. Whiny kids. Yeah. And, and you realize and that sure. The two kids that are always in danger. I mean, oh. the, the, the JNT era begins with the doctor Romana and K9 disposes of them and then replaces them for two, two years uh, by and large with the, a, a super genius and two other super geniuses and it's and it's the same thing but less fun because the show refuses to have as much fun as these two have and there is a rhythm and a routine in the doctor and romana you know with romana there is uh, across both incarnations there is a a, a well-worn worn in routine with the character which really actually comes out in the horns of Naimon of of Romana initially being kind of a student of the Doctor who's learning about getting this first-hand experience of the universe. And by the end of it, she doesn't need him. Yeah, uh, it's the Doctor who needs Mary her. Tam. Like Mary Tam would have aced this as well, I think she would have. Definitely, definitely. And I, I and you know, and as, as I was kind of saying in part one, frankly, I don't think there is a problem with having a confident woman running at Bossing, running around bossing people around in the story. This is what I say, you know, I will criticise this in the <clears throat> era where you've got these smug-ass women, um, you know, going around shooting things and, and not being clever, but being like hyper overconfident for no reason. This is how you do it. Right here, Nala Wars Romana, this is how you, you put a, a supremely competent, smart, funny woman and have them right at the centre of the series, even shoving the Dr. Dunga, look here, get him out of the way. I'm here now, and I'm in charge. She's amazing. I would say as well, you know, about season 17, um, I think that by and large, Doctor Who fans, yeah, prefer season 18 because it is taking itself seriously. There is a, 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 an element mm. of competence to the production value. I um, will uh, remind you that we have watched Megloss. <laughs> Yes, sorry. yes. Okay, that is that is the most season seventeen story in season eighteen. Right? Yeah, yeah. But, but I, by and large, if you found a non Doctor Who fan, they would much rather watch something from season seventeen with a glass of wine and have just the best time, rather exactly. than sit there and watch Full Circle, which is you know about evolution and politics, and you know they be going, oh, what is this dreary old bollocks? I want to uh. watch that enormous phallus coming towards Tom Baker. Out of, yeah. a, you know, out of a hole. <laughs> I, and, you know, I, you know, I, and I, the thing about season 17 is that the show, you know, it's this thing I think you kind of get these days where, you know, it's all about if, if whether you can enjoy a show ironically and unironically. And I think 
season 17 in some ways is a bit ahead of its time i think it is operating on both a slightly ironic level it is kind of aware we've talked about how uh, you know anthony reed is probably aware the tardis looks a bit rubbish the spaceship will look a bit rubbish so let's acknowledge that and put it into the script sharda um, no he, he's got a, they, they were saving money for sharda he puts in an invisible spaceship because he knows there's yeah. no hope in hell <laughs> really well, exactly. spaceship in a park yeah so but like it's the williams era is a is is aware of itself in a delightful way so it, you know when you're when you feel like you're in on the joke the show is also in on the joke which is which is a fun thing but then on the opposite end of the spectrum it isn't all kind of ironic posturing and and uh you know kind of look look how above all this we are even though we're making it then you get something like city of death which is just perfection well yeah but that's what's so great about soul dude in this is he is entirely ironic posturing and you want to lo- like you, you know you're laughing with the series and the story but you're completely laughing at soul dude who thinks mm-hmm. he's super impressive and he's just mm-hmm. a fucking joke isn't he? exactly we know he's like going i play the nylon on a long string and you know <laughs> you absolutely know you're going to find out that it's completely the reverse of that again you know as part of me thinks that uh rose would work just as well if it was titled soul deed because oh there is <laughs> Uh, and uh, <laughs> you know there is no more human motivation. I mean, who hasn't had dreams of conquests? Who hasn't? The beginning of, of Rose, like the, <laughs> it's he's like on the planet off. Soul Deed's alarm clock's going off. Oh, I'll see you later. No, no, no. power complex. <laughs> off to the power complex. And but it, and like it's uh, it's Jackie Tyler, but she's in one of the guard costumes. Yeah. No, that's his mother though his mother's like soul deed get out there and conquer the universe <laughs> oh of course soul deed still lives with his mother that makes so much sense and she's like no practice in front of the mirror he's there going my dreams of conquest mm-hmm. jack we need to go into episode two we're literally going to talk that's about right. it <laughs> all right then in a three a two a one Oh, oh my god how much see this is how much fun you can have with doctor who honestly i you know if it was to do the you know the crash you know that zoom into the powerless state <laughs> and how it begins with the clock it would in fact just go into you know soldy dies and they open and they're just like, <laughs> like, it's like oh! they wait and the co-pilot climbs out of bed next to him <laughs> I thought you were gonna let me be on top last night. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> okay. uh, well, uh, Can I just say small deed is a bottom to be sure about this scene coming up. So um, this sequence with the the cricket ball. Um, yeah. And the TARDIS bouncing off again. Isn't that a fun idea? It is. That's, that's it a is. Really fun idea of spinning the TARDIS and then bouncing it <laughs> off an asteroid. Um, and it's coming right for us. Peter Howell was asked to rescore this as a test to see if the Radiophonic Workshop um, could do the music for the next season. And it's available on, I think it's on my one DVD. Um, and it's so weird because the emphasis on the scene, when you take out Dudley Simpson's Horns of Death and you add in Radiophonic Workshop kind of tinny computer gaming style music, mm-hmm. it's really different. It feels like season 18 all of a sudden. 
Mm -hmm. Well, and maybe, you know, that's in some ways, maybe it's fitting that the Horns of Naimon is um, uh, the final episode of the season. There's a music cue that leads us right into season 18. God, I love the rosé. I know people hate it. I know people think it's stupid and they're right, but it is so funny. It's gorgeous. He says, what, 58 seconds stead. He's like, I wish you wouldn't say things like that. 58 Look seconds. at his face. Look at him. <laughs> Don't you think Tom Baker at his most zany when his eyes are bulging and he's grinning? He's scarier than any villain that you could possibly meet. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason why, you know, the invasion of time has the scariest ending of all time. Barossa! <laughs> Which... Which is, um, you know, Tom Baker with the box, and him going, "Oh, you know what it boing." I'm sorry to say it, Jack, but uh, Lana Wall has really turned me on during this. <laughs> I, Joe, I can leave at any time if you need some time alone. <laughs> you might need to give me five minutes. All right. Oh, here we go. What about <laughs> Look at it go. Oh God! Look, the, the camera's spinning around the console room. Oh my word, this bit where the canine's probe comes out to examine the doctor to see how he is. Oh. I was sitting there watching this the other day, right, in preparation for this. And I was just like, oh, look at just Yeah, the prodding is cute. Sorry, you were saying. How can you not love canine? Like, he's just so gorgeous. He's adorable. It's because he's a smart ass as well. But that, but that, but the, see, I originally thought it was because, oh, he's a smarmy computer. But then you realize they spend how many years is he on the show? Is it four years? Yeah. Five? Uh, uh, they spend, four and a half seasons. Four and a half seasons. It's four and a half seasons of the doctor also going, yes, K9 is a smarmy little shit. But it's, it's the personality that the actor imbues, isn't it, as well? And, and like, especially with John Leeson, with all of that, that talk of him getting on his hands and knees. In the, oh, yeah, oh, it, it is the personality of John Leeson combined with Tom Baker's disdain of the prop. The original idea with the Nymon was that the heads that they're wearing, yeah, are for effect, and that they would take the heads off at some point in the story, and... I think there would be like a, a better head underneath. But then they realised they couldn't do the better head. They didn't have any money left. So they just stuck with those. I, But you know how that would have gone down. It would have been the Nymons remove their crap head to reveal a slightly less crap head. Well, it would be like Invasion of Time when it's tinfoil turning into just humans you know people mm -hmm. actually maybe maybe we have had that already in uh, the invasion of time when it's like a, a crappy uh, sontaran helmet is removed to reveal a, an also crappy sontaran face mask isn't it great as well they've given them those enormous horns right instead of making them like black so it looks kind of seamless they're bright yellow plastic <laughs> exactly <laughs> I think that was one of the things I loved in our in our artwork the most was just how brightly yellow the the horns were. Like there was no effort to make them look bony or like there's veins in them. They're just. I mean, I thought, to be honest with you, I thought your horn in that artwork was particularly impressive. Why? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Do you know? What? I quite like the balletic music uh, movement, though. I think like. They could have just walked around like normal people. Instead, they do that kind of 
very oh yeah that i mean it does look silly yeah but but may, maybe you're right maybe it would have looked a bit weird if they walked around normally and uh you know you like you, you can see a, a, a naimon casually walking off getting a fag and a cup of coffee in the background we're doing this all for effect okay i <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay let's talk very quickly about the plot again yeah uh-huh and such as very, it is the, 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 it's a very clever idea of of one naimon approaching uh, a race that's down on its luck that wants to conquer and saying, you know what, if you give me these um, tributes, we'll, we'll give you ships, we'll give you the, yeah, the ability to go out and conquer the universe. But it's all under the ruse that it's just one person that wants to be venerated. And then the doors are opened when all the high metricite is, is gathered. They've got the power and like a plague of locusts, they swarm the planet and take over. So they use their greed as a as a way of opening the door. I think that's that's a smart. No, no, it, it, it is a compelling idea, which is why you know there's a uh, Paul McGann Big Finish audio called Seasons of Fear. It's why that story is so brilliant mm. because it because um, I mean I I don't know about you. You probably guessed. Did you guess the twist in that story that it was the Nymon? No. No, I didn't. I because because you don't the tw- whole plot twist in the se- in seasons of fear is that it is in fact the crap Nymon. But beforehand, you the, it literally seasons of fear plays out their whole plan from the horns of Nymon, and it is dramatically compelling. And it's so brilliant because the voices are the best things about them, and it's a bloody audio, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And at the time, I'm sure people were going like, oh, we could just hear the voices of the Nymon as opposed to seeing their crap masks. But I would never remove the crap, the crap Nymon masks. I, I just... Do think, we think... I do just we, think it's, it's Douglas Adams doing an alien invasion story in, a, in an interesting way, in a, in a less obvious way than, I, I don't know, a spaceship coming up over Skonos and trying to take yeah. it, you know? Question for you. This is going to be a long-winded one. So, you know, in The Doctor's Wife, how uh, there's mentions of the Corsair Mm. and how the Doctor and the Corsair have uh, sort of bounced around a bit, getting into trouble. Yes. And you also know in The Timeless Children how there is an explicit confirmation of uh, pre-Hartnell Doctors slash Morbius Doctors. Yes. And then we know that Graham Crowden was once considered for the role of the fourth Doctor. Where are you going with this? Do do you think that Soldeed is just in fact a pre-Morbius Doctor, oh and it's just the Doctor on a mad bender? I oh, bloody hope so. That would be amazing. <laughs> It'd be oh no, Graham Crowden's dead now. We're gonna have had a big finish se- season of a pre-Marvel <laughs> Graham Crowden Soldeed Doctor. Oh. Can you imagine if? The end of the Horns of Nymon is Soldi going, you fools, you will all die. And then he regenerates. It's a William Hartnell. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. This stuff just rises. My boy. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me, do I want to have sex with Seth? But that's an even better question. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're very welcome. Look, see, Romana's, she's... I, um... I feel like you want me to ask you that question. <laughs> All the time, if I'm, 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 I'm writing a bloody porn about him, so you know, like it's. Uh... Uh, what were you saying about Romana? <laughs> <Sorry>. um, 
she's she's doing the the very doctorly thing in the new series that would be the doctor talking to like the 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 the, the victims and trying to comfort them so yeah, give them hope yeah oh god i bet he loved that just walking in that room going weakling scum <laughs> I, can we just can we just pause for a moment to boing, boing. appreciate Let's just pause to appreciate this. So I'm going to turn it up so we can all hear it. <laughs> oh, come on. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's ter- no, terrific. Tom Baker plays that scene perfectly where he just leans in and goes, that's very odd. I think that's brilliant. I thought the idea was the TARDIS was a bit crap, though. It's always been crap. Yeah, and he stole, he stole like a, you know, a, a shoddy old TARDIS and bounces around the universe and can't control it. So they're leaning into that for a comedy scene. Exactly. Staggering revelation. Oh, here we go. Oh, this is where the, where the co-pilot has to be like... Um, <laughs> I just look at him with his hands on his hip and look at his, like, helmet hair. <laughs> it makes him look like he looks like George Washington. He died like, last year, you know, Malcolm Terrace. George Washington. I think I think I think we should take a moment because this is just sublime his performance in this. Yeah. What did you say his name was again? Uh say again. What was uh what was the actor's name again? Uh, Malcolm Terrace. Yeah, uh, a moment of silence for Malcolm. And his ripped trousers. I mean, he had an incredible career. Unfortunately, this is all we know him for. <laughs> Did you hear Soldi just then? He's like, who is this woman and where is she from? I. This is a very, hang on, patriarchal society, isn't it? There's no, mm-hmm. we don't really see any women on, on Skonos. Also, I'm, I'm going to say that it's not it's not an issue, but our um, audio for the episode is slightly out of sync. So anytime the guard talks, I just hear this, in, and he talks really fast. So I'm just hearing the same line twice. Just go, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I can't understand what he's saying. Are you trying to suggest you have Malcolm Terrace in stereo? Uh, it's it sounds like he's in fast forward. Because he's going, I'm going to, no, 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 my mind. Look at his helmet hair. He's trying really hard to improvise now, isn't he? It's like, your story changes by the minute. You deviated from the set course, didn't you? The intensity in Graham Crowden's eyes is incredible. But like, you know what, right? The big performances that we remember in Doctor Who, it's like Paul Darrow in Time Lash. It's Graham Crowden in this. Myra Francis in Creature from the Pit. You know, we love, come on, now. No! I I think for a while, there was like this kind of anxiety about the show being cancelled, wasn't there? So anything like this was, was considered just a deep embarrassment. Whereas we've gone to yeah. that where the new series has been on, it's a massive success again. And so you can look back on this stuff and really enjoy these like pantomime yeah. performances. I think you're absolutely right. I think it <laughs> we can enjoy it so much because we have the safety and security of knowing the show has been such a success and it's found this place in the national consciousness that's really quite, you know, it's still affectionate. It's very affectionate and w- loved. 
So we don't need to worry about the bits where it's rubbish anymore. Weirdly enough, I think anything that Tom Baker's in in Doctor Who is is given a bit of a pass because he's considered like, you know, the classic Doctor, isn't he? By Yeah. Which, uh, you know, sometimes I think is a bit of a problem when people are just like, oh, it's Tom Baker, that's fine. It's like, well, we wouldn't we wouldn't give Colin Baker this kind of pass. Well, Uh, well, no, 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 no. I mean, but like people come down really hard on Colin Baker and then they'll be like, oh, it's Tom Baker. So it's fine. It doesn't matter how crap it is. This is marvellous, this scene. I'll tell you for why. These these old men sitting around going, we'll conquer the universe and their dreadful old costumes. Yeah, it's the Dominators again. This explains why this this society has gone down. Look at these crusty old men dreaming of former glories. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, the, the whole the whole thing the whole thing with this story is, is it does have a basis in mythology. They, they were taught, taught, it was all, you know, it's spun out of the Minotaur legend. It's all um, ancient myths. Um, so it does have that flavor of the epic about it. Nice. Um, you know, it is about empires and, you know, empires seeking their former glories. Oh, God. And Sing definitely, and maybe actors seeking their former glory as well. <laughs> Empires rise, empires fall. We have yeah. seen each other through it all. Soldiers should sing Hamilton. <laughs> amazing. I yeah, he would be he would be great as King that, George. I'm just saying he could sing to, to the Nymon at the end. You'll be back soon. You'll see. <laughs> you'll remember yeah. you belong to me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's never underestimate the sound designers on Doctor Who because these are pretty drab corridors. But if you listen, just listen to this, there's a lot of sound work going on to make them, uh, to make the atmosphere a bit more exciting. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, And, you know, as you said, they've turned down the lights a little bit, so it doesn't look too cheap yet. And it's like a lot of, that's a lot of extras there for Doctor Who. Like, I know it's not Game of Thrones at whole armies, but there's about 15 people there. Yeah, yeah. It's quite, it's quite, is that quite a lot for, by classic Doctor Who terms? I think so. And they're all being asked to act. It's not like they're just like people <laughs> in a <laughs> <laughs> No, because. You're... What a hard day's work. <laughs> <laughs> because if you're just a, a background extra, you don't really have to do much, do you? But they're up being asked to react to things. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Look, again, another interesting idea that the power complex has been designed and looks like a positronic circuit. That's very Douglas Adams, isn't it? Yeah, it, that definitely is. And it does look like egg cartons. And I love it. <laughs> it does. Oh, my God. Janice Ellis, Blue Peter, get your sticky black plastic. You can build your own power complex. <laughs> what did you? What kind of circuit did you say it was? Uh, positronic. Yeah, build your own positronic circuit. Yeah. Oh my god, he goes look, land somewhere unobtrusive, right in the middle of everybody. That is just very Doctor Who. That is just they would they have done that joke in the new series. Do you like that blue light on top for season seventeen? Uh, no, I've never really liked the blue light, to be honest. Look at these two, look. Sorry, we're not being paid to act, so we can't react to you. <laughs> How is it? Wherever I go in the universe, there are always people like you pointing guns, phases and blasters at me. Oh, man. 
Can okay, here's another question for you then. Can you be too self-aware to a point where you tip over into parody? Um yes, I think you can. Is this doing that? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Maybe. Is that um, part I don't... Of enjoyment though? Yeah, because I don't know. I I, again, it's it's because the the show it's that thing I was talking about where the show is in on the joke at this point. Oh, maybe, maybe not. I don't think Anthony Reid deliberately wrote this to be ironic um, and arch. I think maybe some of the lines Douglas Adams has pumped into there. Oh, can I just say, look, look at this desiccated husk of a person. It's a good. It's a good effect. It's a fantastic effect, and it's grisly as well. That's that's basically the fate that befalls them. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, pretty much. And it, like, it's a good little effect that they managed to pull off, which, you know, it's one of those things, it's one of those things where, you know, around this time of the show, I don't think there's much happening in season 17 where you go, how did they do, <laughs> how did they do that? More importantly, how did Sol D design this office? That is the most incredible office I've ever seen. But again, you know, I, it's all hyperbole in the design, isn't it? Is is suggesting power that just isn't there? Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier because when he first entered, there were all these cogs and wheels sort of built into the base of the the the, the runway, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and then you go to these offices and you see all these kind of big, you know, gears, and uh, it's it's a bit gallery, isn't it? But it's very masculine as well, isn't it? It's 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 suggesting mm -hmm. like we're strong, and then it's yeah, it's, it's suggesting industry, um, and uh, you know, I think when you you associate the work of industry with masculinity, you know, yeah. forging metal right, is a rightly or wrongly, job. yes, absolutely, yeah. Well, yeah, and you know, you associate the blacksmith with um with a man. Uh, and so all this kind of metal and industrial metal is... I'm sorry to interrupt you. There has never been a scene in Doctor Who where two actors are trying to make each other laugh more than Tom Baker and Graham Crabbe in this. They're both mm -hmm. talking very slowly with big eyes, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. I wonder if they'd made plans to go to the pub afterwards at this point. Oh, they're probably having an affair at this point, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh what one of the one of the 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 few chapters that were cut out of uh who on earth is tom baker but for being too raunchy can i say right i, I you don't please don't laugh at me when i say this are you gonna say you fancy one of the guards no i think god is actually giving quite a subtle performance oh <laughs> he underplays that that main guard he underplays oh so single scene what's his name sorak but he's been put inside that ridiculous costume, so you think he's over the top. I love this little bit where the guards walk past and he kind of does that little... <laughs> you know what, though? Castrovalva does that more succinctly, where he goes, which is the quickest way out of here? And they all point in different directions, and he goes, well, that's democracy for you. Come on. <laughs> I, I like how their guns... I can't tell. Are their guns meant to be, like, really shit? Because it looks like... Because it looks like they're they're fart guns. I think I mean Soldi's got an enormous crystal on his gun. Yeah, that's true. Um, however, I don't know. I for, for a moment I was like, is that a sign of a withering empire? You got these guns that are just kind of like 
coughing up smoke because they're not that good. I think that's the whole but, point of the scone-ons, isn't it? Is, is they're past their best. Yeah, absolutely. Did you see what Soldier said then? What did... Bye, Doctor! Doctor! <laughs> Uh, it's so over the top. I love it. And we're only two parts in. Oh my god! We haven't even got to the over the top bit yet. That's episode four. <laughs> oh my! Ah, uh, yeah. You see, that's actually that's a smart little detail. Douglas, uh, Douglas Canfield. What talk about Dudley Simpson is doing wonders with his music as well here. He's because he's doing this kind of like tinky fun. The Doctor's exploring the maze. Yeah, it's it's a little reminiscent of um, you know, when they discover the Mona Lisa's and the the music goes do 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 do. I don't care what you say. I think that's a good set. I think that's a very good set they're walking into. It's big. They've done two layers of the of the victims in the in the shield, and when when the camera's right back, it feels vast. Mm. Well, who 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 does it best? Uh, Horns of Daimon, Ark of uh, uh, Ark in Space, or Tomb of the Cybermen? Oh well, Horns of Daimon obviously does it worse than those two. Um, <laughs> I'd probably say Ark in Space does it best, followed by Tomb of the Cybermen, followed by this. Yeah, I still appreciate the effort. Yeah, I wonder if those are the same molds from Ark in Space. Oh, should I mean, probably would they be? Never mind. That is not an important question because he is back. Him. Paris is back. I love the fact that he's so like such a um, a no uh, like a a no person. He hasn't even got a name. He's just the co-pilot. He's not even the pilot. Is he? Yeah. No wonder he gave in such a fruity performance. He Do doesn't even get a name. Like co hyphen has ever been so demeaning. <laughs> Oh, oh no! Okay. Oh, the Nymon. Did <laughs> <laughs> you ever watch this performance back and was like, "Oh, it's incredible"? <laughs> I have a feeling he never ever watched this performance. <laughs> <laughs> and this poor gun. Watch how his gun tries to go off as well. It's really shit. <laughs> Like not, <laughs> not only has he not got a name, right? He dies with an enormous split in his pants. Oh, oh! See, you said he was a top, but the split in his trousers is telling me he was a bottom. Oh! <laughs> Jack Shanahan. I would never <laughs> expect a line like that from you. Yeah, I. Yeah. Do you know there are certain onesies you can buy, you know, with a flap up the back? Oh, Joe, I don't need to know this. <laughs> oh my God, this story is so fun. I, oh, I wonder who is the voice of the Nymon. Did you see who the production unit manager was? Is it? Oh, it's John Nathan Turner. Fancy that. It's going, I'm not having this. I, if I'm in charge next year, it ain't going to be like this, bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, enjoy, enjoy it whilst you can because you never will ever again. All right, that's probably a good place to stop there. Surely, surely. All right, a three, a two. Hang on, wait. Wait. What? No, 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 Joe. We 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 said we were gonna do um uh the diamond be praised at the end of every part. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, get with it. A three, two, a one. The diamond be praised.
Ooh, bit of a musical one there. Well, I was going full Southgate. Yeah, no, you were going full Hamilton. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, see you in part three. That's a good one.